Bonzilla presents Pirates of the Caribbean. Each week we set sail into the world of pirates. This week we break down the most recent entry from ghosts to time-wasting weddings and everything in between. It's 2017's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. everybody hello hello welcome to bondzilla presents we are back once again i am nick i'm will and we are back on the open seas of the pirates franchise and we are already at the end uh you know relatively speaking of terms of the actual pirates films uh we've gone through the four previous films and now we are finally at the most recent pirate venture which is, of course, 2017's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men, Tell No Tales, as it was known in the U.S. Right. Uh, what was it? Salazar's Revenge, Revenge in, 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 yeah. in international markets. Which sounds like the video game tie-in. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. It, it definitely sounds like that would be the, t- yeah, it sounds like sort of the, you know, like the one they did the Bond Everything or Nothing like game where it's like, you know, not, it's like the original story, but it still fits within the flow of the series. Like that definitely sounds like what the like original Pirates games should have been called. Uh, it's also interesting because this is one of those things where it's like, I always forget that this feels like more recent than 2017 for whatever reason. Like I felt like this was more in like that, like 2018, 2019, like right before like now period it, it it doesn't feel like this movie came out 2017 and i guess it's kind of me realizing man i really never took the time to try and watch this movie up until like now yeah it, it was kind of it's kind of weird that it's been that long ago that like what like five years at this point essentially well i mean it, it was it's an interesting I, like it's so funny. Like we always talk about the legacy of just this franchise. Mm-hmm. And this was an interesting case because this had the biggest um, like time between movies, right? Like this was like yeah. about six years, 2011 to 2017. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. Cause it was off. De- it was an off delayed movie. Yeah. And then, so yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I saw it, I saw the movie I went to go see it with my dad because we both like we both like the pirates movies. Mm-hmm. Lo- love the first three, and um, he actually I think he enjoyed this the 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 um, on Stranger Tides kind of in the same way we did, where it's like this isn't as good, but I like Ian McShane, and like there's some good there there's some funny banter in it, like so. And then uh, six years later. Um, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's just, it is interesting too, because like, well, again, we'll get into it, but there, there's a lot that happens between 2011 and 2017 in terms of, again, Disney, in terms of the Pirates franchise, in terms of Johnny Depp, uh, in terms of just kind of the film landscape at that point. And, and it really felt like 
it, it felt like this film was indicative of the fact that a lot had changed between those two time periods um, in, term, in terms of like a lot, a lot of different aspects of what made pirates work and what made what was going on with Disney. And again, what, what the Johnny Depp sort of stardom, you know, mm-hmm. at this point was already well on its way to, to fading. Um, but I, it was, I mean, it was interesting just because at least for me on this podcast, like I always, for me, obviously you had seen this before, but I always do enjoy kind of going into a movie pretty blind. And there were a few things I knew about it going in. Um, but I didn't really know the bulk of what the movie actually was. So that's always fun for me. So that was like my excitement going into like actually watching and researching the production and everything of this movie was that like, it was, it was like probably the first time since uh, King Kong lives that I had no, you know, fourth knowledge of a movie going into it. I envy you. I envy you. I went in completely knowing what it was. Right. And I still, I'm not like I'm not I'm not going to talk about the movie yet. I just can't bury the lead. Like I I was really not looking like like all week. I was like, oh, God damn it. I got to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. But but as always, I mean, what what is good about doing it, especially in this context, is that I I, it's rewarding because now I know exactly how to articulate what went wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I think, again, I, I, I and I. We'll be interested once we get through the sort of production because I, which I do want to talk about because I think there's a lot that. Well, let's get through it. Let's just just, get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I do also like going through the positives, so I'll be interested to see what we can pull out. But anyway, sure, sure, sure. So, Pirates: Stranger Tides comes out 2011. We talk about it's a success. A little bit lower reviewed, but you know, still generally people are. You know, like I said, like it was only like 69 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it was still generally like enjoyed even though people saw star cracks starting to form audiences did go to see it there was a lot of excitement still about the potential for more pirates uh coming forward and disney again debated this like do we do five and six together but eventually they're like we're just let's keep taking it one at a time and the big deal that they were going to do is that they were going to start writing a script pretty much immediately as the movie was coming out. 2011 was the process of pirates five being developed. But one of the early major announcements about it was the fact that uh, Ted Elliott would not be returning uh, to the scripting team for pirates. So the initial draft of this movie was just put together by um, Terry Rossio. Um, So Rossio's script takes a little bit to get together because obviously they're also in sort of the last vestiges of doing their work on the Lone Ranger. So those kind of last minute rewrites and sort of the reshoot stuff that they need to do for that movie. Um, and, but, but Rocio kind of goes through the whole thing and his script is eventually uh, rejected in early 2012. Uh, Rocio claims that his script was rejected by Depp because the Rocio Pirates 5 script featured a female villain and Depp thought, well, I already have a female villain in my upcoming film, Dark Shadows. It might be a little bit too much, which I would reply, I mean, why not have both movies have female villains? But, you know, I, I'm not into the minds of, of, uh, of Depp and his team. Uh, but the other sort of 
narrative about why that Rocio script may have not been fully settled was sort of the ongoing issues and the worries about the upcoming release Lone Ranger, um, which... Uh, why? What's wrong with that movie? <laughs> we'll figure that out soon enough. Um, so, uh, which of course ends up being, you know, a, a big failure, but again, that's, that's for a different time. So instead the script is eventually, uh, as with a similar sort of storyline, uh, by writer Jeff Nathanson. Um, and also around this time, they're also kind of trying to have a, a director on board as well. Cause they think that. You know, Gore was so involved with those early films and, you know, Rob Marshall had his say on, on Pirates 4. Disney feels that one of the notions of Pirates is getting these directors involved and getting their stories on, on what they what they want to do. Uh, just to kind of showcase what uh, Nathanson had done. Nathanson had, you know, been written, you know, for Spielberg or The Terminal. He had worked on uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Rush Hour 3. You know, stuff like he had been a, a notable writer, so Disney was happy to have him. And in terms of director, initially Disney was going to go back to Rob Marshall. Uh, but Marshall uh, thought that he had done all he could do with Pirates with the film. He enjoyed the experience, enjoyed the different work, but thought that coming back was not a smart idea. So Rob takes another project that Disney offers him, which is the filmed version of Into the Woods. Uh, Disney does also go back to Gore Verbinski because, you know... Even though they liked Stranger Tides, they thought, well, maybe we can go back to the original director, you know, even with the problems on Lone Ranger, you know, they still thought Gore, you know, maybe could kind of find his spark with pirates. Uh, but Gore said that there was no reason for him to do another pirates film other than pure financial reasons, which was not enough for him. He wanted to work on something he was passionate about. So he declined as well. So the directing chair falls down to three potential finalists once they kind of start going through new names first one is frederick bond who is a noted commercial and music video director um who really hasn't done anything like filmic wise but still does work on commercials and and music videos to this day um second finalist was one rupert sanders um, who, of course, was uh, the director of Snow White and the Huntsman and would go on to be the director of the live-action Ghost in the Shell. Uh, but the eventual winners of the director's chair were the Norwegian film duo Joachim Renning and Espen Sandberg, who had just been nominated for an Academy Award uh, for Best International Film for their Norwegian film Kontiki, uh, which was a notable film that was set mostly on water. Um, so Disney already liked that, that they had experience filming on water. They thought that the duo would be, you know, be able to work on a budget because again, they had worked mostly in, in international cinema, you know, we're, we're not the Hollywood budget, so they could kind of work themselves on a budget and uh, just kind of like the meeting that they had. So uh Renning and Sandberg come in with Nathanson and they start discussing what they want to do. They take a lot of inspiration from ideas from the original Rocio script. So Rocio does get a story by credit in this film. Uh, but, you know, the big talking point with the three of them is that, you know, hey, we want to do something, you know, towards the original movie and we want to kind of have more references to that. 
um, and, and kind of have a lot of that sort of fun, charming, comedic, fun adventure that that first movie had. Uh, so they take a lot of inspiration from that. And then uh, Renning and Sandberg also cite the works of Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton uh, as inspirations for this film, which does make sense when you watch certain well, aspects but of this it make, movie. It makes sense, but also I don't want to make it seem like that's like unfair, unprecedented. I mean, there is like this Rue, like we always talk about this Rue Goldberg, like set PC element to the previous films mm-hmm. like the, the, that is in there. And like, there, there is kind of like this Jack kind of whimsically making his way through a scene. And like, so, I mean, you know, we, we can see how they pull it off, but I don't want to make it seem like they were like off the mark by thinking about that. Yes. Um, they, it's definitely not, but it is also one of those things where, you know, you kind of get, it's, it's kind of a, a traditional talking point where it's like, we want to go back to what the original did. And but I, I think it is sensible for them to kind of they wanted to back off on, you know, in on certain aspects of kind of the, the big world building lore, but also kind of digging more into uh, kind of character histories and stuff like that. And so a big notion immediately was, of course, bringing back Jeff and bringing back um, Jeffrey Rush or were, were pretty much immediate ideas. But a big thing was sort of going back to the Will Turner story and kind of figuring out a way to kind of continue that line. Uh, so the introduction of Will's son uh, was was always a big part of what the movie was going to be, especially once sort of the the, the Sandberg and, and Renning team came on board uh, to the movie. Uh, the essential kind of actually putting together the movie in terms of actually shooting it it was just off delayed um, Bruckheimer and then, and Disney uh, studios, president Alan Horn were never really satisfied with the script. They were sort of also reeling a little bit in this period from sort of the, the failures of stuff like John Carter and uh, the Lone Ranger and, and sort of Disney had their hits. Obviously this is right at the start of their Marvel era, you know, we're just about to get into the main star Wars era of the company. And also sort of, again, they had sort of these consistently successful remakes, you know, again, we talked about um, the Alex Timber and Alice in Wonderland, the Cinderella, the live action remake. And, you know, we were about to get into again, this era of the, the beauty and the beast and everything like that. So the studio does have sort of a very up and down success rate at this point. So, Pirates is still a cornerstone, so a lot of people want to make sure they get it right, but also get the movie right on a budget that they can af- can afford, so things don't get out of hand, such as they did on stuff like the Lone Ranger and John Carter. Um, but eventually, a script that is put together uh, is eventually sort of finished up in 2014 uh, into 2015. Uh, so shooting's going to be in 2015 with an original release date of 2016, eventually pushed to 2017. Um, so from there, obviously, we got some casting to do. Uh, again, Depp was always on board from day one. And just like with On Stranger Tides, he does have a little bit of script influence. Depp said that he would be willing to play the character as long as it was popular with audiences. It was still one of his favorite characters to play. Uh, but the uh, $90 million contract he got to do pirates five also didn't hurt um of course jeffrey rush also 
uh, returning as Hector Barbosa. And he said that one of his favorite things about returning to the Pirates franchise is that it felt like his character was always shaped, shifting into slightly different forms. So it kept the character uh, fresh for him. Um, and of course, a big get in terms of returning. It, you know, he and he just to just to say like it's just it was all because that was like one of the things when the movie was coming out i'm like oh yes he's going to be in it because he's just on point like yeah throughout this entire franchise so it's awesome to hear him like be excited to come back yeah he's definitely like an mvp of of these films and something that is consistently entertaining and Mm -hmm. and exciting to see um and then a big get and it's 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 worthy to mention that we do get Orlando Bloom back uh, for some brief appearances yes. as, yeah. Yeah. As, Will, as Will Turner. Uh, it was a very heavily kept secret uh, up until the eventual public reveal at D23 Expo 2015 after he had shot all of his stuff on the movie. Uh, Bloom said that it was just sort of it felt right to, to kind of come back, even if he didn't have a huge role in, in the story, that he felt his presence was necessary. Um, and he felt that you know, to do a little bit sort of different things than sort of the leading Hollywood man he he had been, you know, and throughout his entire career uh, was was kind of fun. And it was kind of fun to, to have sort of that character back, even for a small amount of time that we do do see him in the movie. And then it was, you know, it was funny because and I thought about this because, you know, we talk about the eras of when these movies come out. So this is like, you know, coming out in like 2016, 2017. Right. Yes. And yeah. So now we are starting to really get into the age, the ushering age of like the legacy sequel, mm-hmm. like, you know, Star Wars is full force with the legacy sequel. Um, uh, and then like I was looking at some of the other movies that came out that year. So like yeah. the new Jumanji iteration came out the same year. Um, so th- just the whole kind of like bringing bringing back the legacy stuff is starting to be become the new thing now and this was i remember distinctly like that was like this movie's play with it yeah so again we kind of get that kind of core and also some other returning characters that like here's i was a little listen i i i want to say i gotta give them credit that they uh they brought back the the one guy from the last movie um uh, scrum seven yeah, grams scrum. Yeah. scrum, which was like listen i didn't think that they were gonna have like pirates from pirates 4 returning but like you know what good on them it's it's got fun character no and i like that i actually really did because i like that guy in the last movie and yeah. that's like a fun good pirates of the caribbean character like yes. he's a, he is actually a fun yeah he's a fun addition to the crew yeah. i think i yeah. think like the performance and the character has fun and the he... actor is having fun so i was like yeah Harry, like fair to you guys for actually bringing the character back Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also do get the return of uh, Mulrog and Mulroy, mm-hmm. uh, which was originally intended to be Pintog and Brigetti. Of, of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the so the early, early idea for the characters was that there was a pitch that also was pitched for Pirates 4, but didn't really make it into any version of that script where Pintel and Brigetti would be one would be on Jack's crew and one would be on Barbosa's crew and they would think the other's dead until they reunite at some point. Uh, and then they were just going to be part of Barbosa's crew. But both the actors for Pintel and Rigetti were have TV commitments at the time. Um, and in interviews, they said that they did also feel that there wasn't much of an effort to kind of work around those TV schedules. So 
Uh, they, you know, they were happy with where they were. They would have loved to return. There was kind of a nostalgia for, you know, not working with the crew at that point, but they had jobs and, you know, they had to kind of do what they were needed to do. So instead, uh, Mulrog and Moira were brought back into those roles. Uh, let's talk about our new villain. And then, you know, just to talk about the returning, because I didn't mention it, like good on kevin mcnally too for like sticking oh yes with of, these of as course well. of course yeah, because like I, I, he, I, I how can i forget gibbs yes gibbs for does some also reason i even like did not think he was in this like i keep on thinking like he hopped off of these movies but, like, i, I kind of had the same he, thing because i forgot he was in pirates 4 too for whatever reason i thought right, that, like, yeah oh, but no like gibbs is a part and i'm like always oh, like yeah like you're kind of like yeah of course because you know these are like his major roles and like these are the things that are like you know always going to pay the bills but like it's also easy for him to be like, you know, like I'm, I've got other work just like kind of been telling Rigetti have. So the fact that he always comes back and can to do his Gibbs thing is always, yeah, is no, always he, a fun he, he, he does the Gibbs. And honestly, it's like good on him for constantly getting that like payday for like a role that, you know, you wouldn't think kind of would continue this far. You know, he no, always no. Has, I, I, has, I, I'm like you, like I, I've even seen the movie and for some reason I just remember that he wasn't in it. And then I was like, oh, he is actually in this. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, let's from from Giz, Let's talk about our our new villain. We have Javier Bardem as Captain Armando Salazar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the original intention for the role, uh, the role was originally called uh, Captain John Brand and was originally offered to Christoph Waltz. Um, in, right, in the era right. of like Christoph Waltz is in every franchise or like or, or surrounding every franchise, even if he doesn't put himself in it or it doesn't accept the role so negotiations were had with waltz but eventually just the the, the, well, the it just didn't the, the negotiations didn't work out for for a number of different reasons because hold on because the thing about christoph waltz is one of those things yeah okay so mm, that's a little bit not well the the interesting thing about christoph waltz is that he's christoph waltz he's like you know tarantino one of tarantino's guys well i mean like Everybody again like the whole story is like he's like a it was like a German comedy actor, like local television sort of guy, got this big break with this big Oscar winning performance, you know, basically sort of came out of nowhere to be sort of this big star. And, you know, from his like thing in Inglorious Bastards has has made himself a very significant Hollywood career out of it. You know, like it it was like sort of a the Cinderella story, right? Like he came out of nowhere, he won an Oscar and he he's now been involved in so many big movies and, and big appearances. And he makes a cameo in a Muppet movie. Like, like the, he, he is but like also a big like his, Yeah. But like that, it, it's not just like, it's a big career. Like it's like for a while, I always thought that like, he is an actor who is like m- much more suited for like the Tarantino's of the world. Mm-hmm. So and then he got his stardom and then he tried some mainstream stuff. And I always for some reason felt like that's just like he's good, but it's just not where he it's not he you just get better stuff out of him with like for lack of a better term, Altoris directors. Yeah. It, it, how I feel. But mm-hmm. when I go back and when you look at his career, like since then, here here are all the major movies that he's been in. Okay. Yeah. The Three Musketeers. Yep. The villain in the Green Hornet. Yep. Uh, a cameo in Muppets Most Wanted. The villain in Horrible Bosses Two. Mm-hmm. Um, the villain in The Legend of Tarzan. <laughs> yes, he's in Nick. He's in Alita Battle Angel. Yes, he is, baby. In which he was doing like 
tours at video game. <laughs> like, remember, he's like at video game like award shows, and yeah. I'm like, Kristoff, what are you? And I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting my nose up at it. I'm just like, he just does not seem like that guy. Right. But he keeps on, like, you don't sign up for Ilita Battle Angel. For I mean, I guess it could be a payday, but like, I mean. I, I I just think I guess it is still a Robert Rodriguez production. No, it is. And I know and, like Robert and, Rodriguez seems like one of those guys that people want to work with. And hey, we can never forget. It was him, James. Oh, the whole time. It was whole, the whole time. Yeah. He's also in Big Eyes. Yeah, Big Eyes. Yeah. But see, that made sense to me. I yes. always felt like. A, no, a, but like, like but that Burton. was the thing. Like, this was the thing where it's like Walt's kind of always found himself surrounding these sort of bigger films. Like, and it, it seemed yeah. like he always had. I, I mean, Walt seems like he just kind of enjoys doing whatever. Like, I, I think you're right that, like, his, his really great stuff is sort of like with the Tarantinos and the Burtons and everything like that. And I like seeing him in those types of roles. But I think he's just someone who, like, if he gets to ham it up a little bit, I think he's having. Oh, yeah, yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, so he was supposed to play this villain. Uh, but uh, again, negotiations didn't work out, be it timing or money or whatever. Uh, so eventually... One, uh, Javier Bardem, of course, uh, husband to former pirate star Penelope Cruz, um, who also did say that she would have easily returned, but she was never asked Mm -hmm. uh, to to do it. Um, But uh, Javier Bardem eventually steps into the role and the role is renamed Armando Salazar and it is made a Spanish uh, captain uh, as opposed to a, uh, you know, a British uh, or German one. Um. Uh, in terms of the role, um, Bardem sort of gave, he said that he always wanted to convey sort of like a, the bull in the arena. I kind of taken a lot from his, you know, Spanish kind of influence, take a lot of Spanish influence from the character, not just in the way that he portrays, you know, in the flashbacks or in portrays the character, sort of the proud Spaniard character, but sort of this idea that like there's always a rage and a vengeance with him, but he is wounded and he is hurting. And so that sort of affects sort of how the character um, was going. Uh, in terms of portraying the ghost ship, so yes, the, the pirates, the, the, the villains in this movie are ghost pirates, or sorry, ghosts, not pirates, but they're, they're ghosts. Yeah, they give it, yeah, they're ghosts. They're ghosts, yeah, essentially. Um, and so it was a lot of, again, makeup work to kind of make that, seem you know work visual effects wise and everything like that bardem said he would have three hours a day putting quote cold chicken breasts onto his face to make the uh to make the effects work for uh the ghost pirates um besides bardem our new cast is we have uh brendan thwaites as older henry turner obviously we've seen a younger henry turner at the post credit scene of pirates number three uh and uh, we see a young uh henry turner in the beginning of this movie but the main adult character that we see is played by um uh brendan he uh auditioned alongside a lot of other notable actors uh around hollywood a lot of the young actors around this time such as Taron Edgerton, Ansel El- uh, Elgort, um, Sam Keeley, uh, sort of a bunch of young up-and-comer actors sort of were surrounding the role. Eventually, this Australian actor did get the part. Um, 
also we also have uh kayla uh yeah let's go ahead delro delrio you can do it i'm sure i can yeah <laughs> uh who also was sort of again the same thing they were looking for just a young up-and-coming actress uh to kind of play this role of uh uh karina smith um who has a has a deeper connection to the mythology that i'm sure we will talk about um a lot of the other names were just again sort of names that had been around in sort of british television like gabriella wilde who would eventually um play uh, a role in wonder woman 1984 actually gabrielle wilde was the S- sue snell in the carrie remake i didn't realize that um and then yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. uh alexandra dowling who was like on this british musketeer series jenna thyme you know kind of local british theater actress they, they were looking for these sort of younger um uh, but yeah like not really kind of known to like up and coming actresses and obviously kayla uh Kaya uh, had done the Maze Runner series like by the time that the movies were shooting. Um, and so, you know, she had some notoriety, but uh, and she, her- would, she would go on to do the film Crawl, which is a fun little uh, horror film. Yes. And she's also Claire Redfield in that most, most recent Resident Evil movie, which is apparently also a fun film that I have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so her whole thing with this performance, too, was just like, you know, she had to be like, well, I'm going to be different than Elizabeth. But I, the idea was that these characters were going to be a little bit more of that Will and Elizabeth sort of vibe without being the same characters than like the missionary and mermaid were. That was part of the intention of making the film kind of similar to that first one was that they're kind of these young characters who are kind of connected, maybe slightly at odds again not being the exact same relationship as well in elizabeth but still trying to get that more of a vibe just in terms of the, the movie uh itself um and i think that's most of our major casting we also have um david wenham uh mm-hmm. as like kind of the lieutenant that sort of has a small role in kind of trying to apprehend Sparrow and the witch, which is of course, Karina. Um, And another notable thing uh, about this real quick is that there was the intention of bringing back Keith Richards once again to play the role of Jack's father. Um, But uh, Keith Richards was unavailable. I believe the stones were doing a tour around the time of filming. Uh, So instead Jack invited his good friend, Paul McCartney uh, to replace uh uh keith had keith uh yeah keith richards to play uh paul mccartney's role of his uncle in the movie so that's why paul mccartney has his small little cameo uh so one major fact about the filming of this film is that this is the only pirates of the caribbean movie thus far if there are more in the future uh that did not do any filming in the actual caribbean itself um there was originally intention of using sort of again the similar sets they were going to shoot in louisiana puerto rico the caribbean uh but disney uh was contacted by their their friends in the australia film industry and sort of the film uh you know relationships bro in in that area and they were like well we have all this money set aside for this deal that australia and disney made to shoot a 20,000 leagues remake in Australia that never happened. 
So Australia is like, well, we can use all that money for you guys to film all the pirate stuff here if you would like. And Disney thought it was a really good deal. It was a, you know, it saved them a lot of money in terms of the filming locations. So essentially the entire production was moved to Australia. So the entire movie is shot in Australia with the exception of a couple of pickups and reshoots in Vancouver and one single day in London, um, which I, I bet you can guess which scene that might have been. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the one complication with the fact that they were shooting in Australia comes with the use of Jack the monkey in the movie <laughs> because uh, Australian biosecurity laws require that any incoming uh, uh, certain incoming animals such as the capuchin monkeys that play Jack had to be screened and quarantined for at least 30 days before coming on set. Um, and there was a lot of, of animal rights groups that were like, well, you know, go, going from America to Australia, that flight's going to like really hurt the monkey. You know, it, we shouldn't bring him here. And at one point the monkey also escaped the set and like went to a makeup room on another movie and caused chaos. That that was a, a big sort of deal was was this whole controversy with with the with the monkeys on set. Wouldn't, uh, be, the, wouldn't be the first time that or the last time Johnny Depp has a issue with the uh, Australian uh, pet rules. You know what? I a hundred percent got forgot that happened. Oh until yeah, just now. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Remember that? Um, yes. Yes, Crazy. I do. Crazy, insane. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, our directors used their experience on on sort of shooting on sea. Uh, the original script called for six ships, but eventually 11 ships were used in the movie. Uh, most of them were sort of the half built rigs uh, that they kind of used in, in various realms of the film so that they could reuse um, certain aspects of the ship. Um, the uh, Dying Gull, sort of the, the crappy ship that Jack uses at the beginning of the movie, was originally the Rainbow Gypsy. Um, it was a replica of a Scottish brawly that was kind of made crappier in terms of appearance to represent the Dying Gull. Of course, uh, the Black Pearl does return in the movie, and that is sort of the regular rig that they would use uh, on set for most of these films. Um. The only other major issue with the movie was the fact that Depp did get hurt on an off, uh, offset incident in uh, March of 2015. Uh, so the production had to shut down for two weeks because Depp had to get surgery on the injury and they had essentially shot everything that they uh, could use without Depp. Um, but Disney, uh, despite that two week delay, Disney was very happy with uh, uh, Rennie and Sandberg they wrapped up shooting after 95 days. They basically remained on time and on budget. Um, and essentially it was what they wanted. And, and they thought that they, they at least got that out of the movie, that it would be on time on budget. Seems like it was a generally smooth production over in Australia, other than the monkey issues and the Johnny Depp injury issues. Um, so yeah. And then uh, the it, monkey issues. Uh, and the no notable thing, too, is that the, the post-production of this movie was a very lengthy process, again, for a number of different reasons, um, which, again, pushed the movie back to 2017. The movie had two different editors, um, and it sort of had 
a lot of uh, visual effects work that was being done uh, by a company called Atomic Fiction um, with uh, a lot of stuff in the St. Martin stuff and a lot of the buildings there. Um, but essentially, you know, this movie was, was set for Memorial Day 2017, Memorial Day weekend. Um, and, and, and one of the other things to note about this movie, which I found very interesting, especially in the research, is that um, because of just everything, again, where the movie was and what was happening with it, uh, very few of the original sort of um, people working on the movie, you know, the people that have worked on Pirates 1 through 4, a lot of them weren't working on this movie. Um, that, that even extends to um, the music, which was not done by Hans Zimmer, but one of his many protégés, uh, Geoff uh, uh, Zanelli. Um, but essentially, it was uh, like, you know, um, it was really like Depp, you know, some of the actors, but really on the behind the scenes part, it was really like just kind of like Bruckheimer and like one of the costume designers. Like that was really sort of the only holdovers from the previous four films. Everybody else was completely new to the Pirates world. And it, it was very much sort of the, you know, the team that had been established in making these Pirates films. You know, Disney just had so much going on and, and, and Hollywood has had so much going on that many of them just weren't available to kind of get the team back together uh, from, from both the Gore and the Rob Marshall films. So there was really a sense that this was kind of a new pirate crew, so to speak, trying to kind of make this movie work. I mean, there's really nothing else to say, honestly. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm just listening. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, good, you know, good on them. I'm saving my energy for the, for the actual movie itself yeah let's get that energy out will let's go ahead let's just move on let's talk about pirates of the caribbean dead man tell no tales at salazar's revenge sounds good Will come straight for him. Would you say that to him? 
dead men tell no tales. We're back in action. Looney Tunes back in action. And, uh... Oh my god, I'd rather talk about that movie. There, there's, there's something else about the movie that I always thought that was interesting before we kind of get into it, too, was that the way in which this movie was, like, marketed and it was coming back, it was interesting because a lot of people did notice at the time that... Sorry, thought I heard something. Uh, <laughs> something was, like, creeping out of the window. Um... But there was the okay. So basically, what I was trying to say is like, so the first trailer is like one of the openings of one of the opening scenes of the movie where it's like the the Salazar crew attacks the ship, and it's like, oh, we're introducing the ghosts, and it's like it's like you know creepy music, and they introduce the like the big selling point was like, oh, here's your new villain, Javier Bardem, he's like a ghost and he's bleeding out of his mouth, and they're like, what's his deal? And then he's like, has like the the um, the wanted poster for Jack Sparrow, and then he's like, he's he's like, it's like, do you know this man? It's like, it's like, find find him for me and tell him the tale. Like, it's like that was how they did it. And people noticed that, you know, there was a lot of them talking about Jack Sparrow, but there was no Jack Sparrow. Like, you know, <laughs> like they weren't. And it was interesting because people were acknowledging. There was this acknowledgement that the stardom of Johnny Depp was starting to fade a little bit. And oh, it did definitely, were, people were talking about that with like, again, that Lone Ranger Dark Shadows era, even a couple years before this, right? Like people, like this is also not too far. I forget like if it's right after this or right around this time. This is also at that time too, where like he's in what the second, um, no, he's at the, isn't he at the end of the first um uh fantastic beast movie and even then people are like oh are we really still doing the johnny depp thing yeah 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 no he's in well like, yeah no he's in the end of like, the first one the, yeah the first uh, one yeah. then yeah and he's in a little bit more in the second one right crimes of grindelwald or whatever. yeah no I, he I, is the villain in the second one right. like it's it's and, him and then you know eventually he gets replaced in this new one which i keep forgetting is coming out by the way right. that's the yeah. movie that every time i see an ad for it i'm like I also like. Well, yeah, there's the. They, did you just see Nick, Nick and I live very close to each other? Did you see the billboard that's yes. like right on the corner? Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the other the other thing I like about it is that it's not even like they're not even using the Fantastic Beast name anymore. Like anytime it's like I see a commercial for it, it's just like the Secrets of Dumbledore, and I'm like, yeah, they're just trying to be like it's Harry Potter, guys. You still like Harry Potter, right? We're still we're still a thing. I guess people do still like Harry Potter. I don't know. I don't really follow it that much. No, it's uh, just it's just J.K. makes it hard. It, it does, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, so anyway, but, but, the, but basically, yeah, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like there there was a lot of discussion. And that's what I was talking about earlier with that sort of a lot had changed between 2011 and 2017. 2011, we were still at sort of like like what we what we would now know as kind of the tail end of like the peak of Johnny Depp stardom. But like it seemed like we were still in the height of it. Like I remember, again, being surprised that people were still going crazy over him and stuff like um like uh 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 the the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland and even Pirates 4 like the those movies were successful a lot based off of him but again that like next couple of years with Lone Ranger and with 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 the Dark Shadows and with even his return to Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland like there was just it was a bad time for for Depp in in a number of different ways but just in terms of his stardom and so by this point by the time 2017 rolls around 
you know, it, there, there was a lot of sense of like, we're still doing the depth thing. We're still doing the like quirky performance thing with depth, which I think was also a reason that people got tired of him was just like, we got, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was 100% what it was. 100%. Was just like the, 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 every performance being quirky was like notable when it was like the early days of like, you know, pirate, the pirate, the early pirates and all that sort of stuff. And by this point, it was just people were done with it. Well, yeah. So anyway, the point I'm making is that he it was just it was very noticeable that they were taking a different approach to it. It wasn't as much as like Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack is back. And they tried to, you know, thread the needle by making by adding some allure to it. Like with, OK, he's still part of it, but it's like the villain is after him. They're trying to like go up to the like they're trying to like lean into the legend of it. And and then even the, the following trailers, they still even portray Jack in this like, oh, he's back. But he's like, oh, it's like it's this the scene when he's covered in mud and he's like pirates alive. Like it's like it's like there were, it was all that kind of stuff. And it's actually interesting now that I go back on it, that there may have been an actually good reason why the, the it wasn't the the marketing wasn't Jack heavy. And and I think it's because, dude. What is wrong with him in this movie? What it's not, happened? It's not Jack. You know, here's, you know what? what? No, 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 no. What happened? Like, I, I was just like thinking like, it was just such a, I mean, I just have to get it out of the way now. Like, and just like, before I even like say a big thing about the movie, because remember when we started this, we started this franchise and we're talking about just how great of a character this was excellent character introduction like just just an all-timer from the moment he sets foot on screen and then i i I was trying to think like is there a plot point that got cut out like like what is wrong with him what is his affliction what happened to jack here's one of the thoughts i had during this movie and it's one of those things was like i did not think that doing this pirates franchise when, when we were when we decided to do it i was very excited because to go through these films and the, like i get i like talking about the good and the bad the ups and the downs I, that's why i love doing these series and i'm doing them in order but one of the things if you ask me at the beginning of this do you think you'll be more of a defender of elliot and rocio at the end than you were at the beginning i would have said no because i've always been maybe overly critical of the duo because i've always felt they've sort of had their they have their tropes they have the mistakes that they constantly make i think that they tend to get very overrated uh or i used to think this but after seeing the last movie and then seeing this one the one thing that i again for all the faults that they may have as writers and the mistakes that they do make one of the things that ellie and rocio do not make that mistake on is sort of the the character stuff and like we were said like even the last movie we're like both very surprised at how well the jack stuff was even if again the character didn't really have much momentum the character was still very alive and very funny and felt like jack and this one it just feels like the writing team and and the directors and, and there is sort of a notion here where they're trying to go with like Oh, like kind of a down on his luck, Jack, who's like maybe at the end of his rope, sort of like this idea that like, you know, again, his luck and his and his the fun of it all has kind of like it's been extinguished and he's not, you know, not. Oh, yeah. Well, that's clearly what they're doing. That's clearly what they're going for. But the the problem is, and I I think that is 
a potentially notable idea, but you still need to make the character feel like Jack. And for a good amount of the movie, the character doesn't feel like Jack. Like the one time that it does is that flashback is like the one time that the character actually sort of has these elements of like, this is what Jack is as a character. And it, it just feels like, and I feel like there's a lot of that with a little bit with some other characters in this movie. And, and my thing about the movie overall, having seen it for the first time is it's in all in all, it's a very strange film. It's a very strange movie that at some points doesn't even feel like it's a real movie. It, it feels like it's a collection of, it's a movie that feels like it's doing too much and not enough at the same time. The movie keeps throwing like, here's Jack at the end of his rope. Here's a real witch. Here's a fake witch. Oh God. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's like ghost pirates. Here's, you know, like this, this weird like thing on a not like there's so much that's thrown at you and none of them have any time to actually get any meaning in the movie. I, uh, and, and, and some of the, you know, I, I give Jeffrey Rush all the credit to trying to hell of bringing some stuff out of his character. I give Harvey or Bardem all the credit for trying to bring some stuff out of his character, but none of the characters and none of the relationships have any time to really grab anything. And I mm-hmm. think that's a, that's both a issue of the direction and the writing. And and the one thing, like, the one thing I really thought about this movie was it was a movie that, like, I was surprised. Uh, most of the time when we watch, like, movies and, like, I'm surprised by the runtime, it's because I felt, oh, it's already, like, been this much and we already have this much to go. This time it was really like, oh, we're already here. And it felt like nothing has happened to these characters, really. And mm-hmm. it, it felt like, Yes, like it was nice that the movie very rarely like overstayed its welcome in terms of like just feeling long. Like it never did feel that way, but I felt like it didn't use that runtime effectively. By the time we get to the end, I was like, there's more you could have done with all these ideas. So I'm going to be rude. I, I, I am going to be rude. And, and I hate to say this because it, it's, it's a way of talking about movies that's super dismissive and I don't like it, but it's the only thing I could think of when watching it. The movie doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Like in so many ways. Like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work just from basic fundamentals. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't really work with like what it's going for is like even like a legacy sequel. Yeah. Like there's so much stuff that doesn't make sense. And there, there's so many things like it, it's very clear that it's completely different people who have a tenuous grasp of the of the original series of films. Um, and I don't want to say like no respect for it because like I, I kind of hate when people talk about movies like that. It's like, oh, they don't respect the other film. Like it's like whatever. They don't have to. They can they can do their things. But there's so many things that it, it just it just does not work like like so. Like, just starting, because I got to get back to this Jack thing, but just starting from the top, and what I will say is this, there, there, there is some, there is a good idea in like, okay, we're going to bring it back to the original films. Will Turner's son obviously wants him back and has been studying curses and, and, yes. and like the, and the sea and everything. And, and I have to admit, 
the nostalgia play with everything involving that worked on me. And maybe that's just because I like those original films. But like, you know, when like the, the original Hans Zimmer score comes in and then spoiler alert. Well, I mean, when they get to the end and then Will and Elizabeth like hug and that and that music is going, that, that worked. That worked on me. I mean, it's a nostalgia play, but I'm like, oh, yeah, good, because I like those guys. And like they finally got back together. But like. But that is a good idea. And then and like it is kind of a good idea like okay like then there's like this trident that can control curses or whatever and I like, can lift the cur- like uh, the, so all that's good stuff. Like it and it, it, it works. But then it's like there's little things that also don't work. Like as if like did you even watch the other movies? So like I I'm going to start pe- I, I, I'm going to mix in petty shit with like actual shit if that's fine. Please. But like so he comes up and like so he's on the flying dutchman he comes up why he's there i don't know but like okay well i'll i'll deal but like so the ship is all fucked up he's got like he's not davy jones but he's got like you know barnacles are growing oh, we're, out we're, of talk, we're, we're talking about will here will will turner yeah so they they show him and then like okay it's good to see him but like correct me if i'm wrong that's not how that works no, they, like they, that's they, the they, thing. They, like, that was the whole thing in in End of Pirates Three is like when he broke the, like the Davy Jones was the one who made them all like fish people. No, that was the thing. It's like his whole thing was like you have to ferry the dead to the what's it called to like to the afterlife, and then when he stopped doing that, it cursed them, and then they became like a ghost, sh- like a like a, yeah. like a like a like a fish ship, and that's why that's why he was like that. That's why the crew was all evil. But they open it this way as if like that was just it and like he's like cursed i mean the idea it's like all right let's break this curse to like unbind you from yes. this thing but that but that also wasn't even a curse it, it, I, I, like I, maybe i'm no and then, and then also like will like uh, orlando bloom like it feels like in this first theme is like sound, trying to sound more like bootstrap bill than like right but it's like but that's not and i mean maybe you can play it as like yeah, it does suck that he is kind of tied to the ship and he wants yeah. to go home. But it was just, it was all played in a, in a really weird right. way. Because the whole that, thing that is didn't like... didn't really make any sense. Yeah, because it opens up with like the young uh, Henry Turner, like, you know, throwing himself into the sea with like, you know, attached like rocks of his dad. Like, you know, we'll, we'll stop him from, from drowning so we can see his dad. This whole thing is like, I am going to break you from the curse. But it, it, it does feel like they're... It, it it just feels like off, you know. It feels and very, it, also, it, it, it does feel like you're kind of starting to twist, sort of like these elements that like to really fit your what you want to say, other than like actually taking the continuity of the films. Like, and and I think it's again, it's that sort of like overthinking where it's like I, you didn't really need that. I think you just needed the son who wants his mom and dad to be happy and together and to have like that family. You don't need to be like, but look at me, son, I'm cursed and like. The crew will hear you. You got to get out of here now. And it's like, no, this is not how any of this works. Like, but it you're doesn't, not supposed you, to do this. I know it's going to sound petty because, like, I know people get annoyed when you talk about, like, can, like canon and things like that and how it worked. But if you're going to play this nostalgia play from a, a, a movie franchise that's really not that old. Like, it's like it's only like a handful of years away. We just watched these other movies. So you can't just be... Like, like, I'm sorry, but you can't add like a third thing that the compass can do at this point. Like that was, that was the other, that was like, the other no. thing. Where, like, like that was the other thing. That was the one that got me a lot more. Cause the first one I'm like, all right, like, you know, you're doing a little bit more, but this whole idea that like, 
Jack turning over the compass like breaks the devil's triangle thing. It's like, how did but it come- why? But why does that, it do that? How did it get tied to it? Does it have orange? Like, again, sort of that lack of any other explanations, but it, it just seems like it's a bad idea. Like, it just, then- it just does not seem like it's a necessary idea. There's so many ways you could have like the ghost come back, like some other thing, or, or when that first ship kind of sees them, they maybe break out then. Like, something. But it's just the fact that it's like, you know, yeah, obviously it's like, yes, technically Jack has always lost the compass. He's never given it away. But like why it's tied to that is very inexplicable. No, there, the, the, and then there's this like other thing. And then getting back to like a more a bigger issue is like then there's like this this case where there's like two kind of cold opens in the movie where it's like there's the thing with Will and his son. And then there's a scene which really only exists to introduce like Salazar which is it's fine I mean it's not a bad scene and it's fine but it's like but the movie is structured in a way where you would think that when you watch the trailer or if you watch this scene in a vacuum that it would be like I leave one man to tell the tale and like I'm going to trust you to go get like Captain Jack for me like you like when you saw that scene you would think like that's what is going to propel the plot forward right Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like he can't leave. He doesn't really send him to do anything. He just kind of does this like, oh, by the way, like if you see this guy, I'm going to let you go. And if you see him, well, you know, like, just let like, him know I said, what's like, up? Like, right. Like, it's like, <laughs> right. oh, you know him, do you? And he's like, and like literally like Henry Turner's like, I've heard of the guy, but I've never met him in person. Like, that's enough for me. Go find him and tell him about. Yeah. Him, and and then you would, you would think that it would be. I'm going to send you to do something that can un- that can free us. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, I hate to be in a position to rewrite the movie, but like you would, that would be like a more economical way to tie it all in together. Because otherwise it's kind of like a standalone scene that doesn't really organically fit into anything. And then it's made worse because then it's just like, oh, well, then he just gives up the compass. Yeah. That I- somehow was tying him and then he knew that like that's the other thing like and then salazar knew that like when the when the, yes, when, the, yes. when the bermuda when the cave and everything starts like breaking up he's like jack has given away the compass like how like wh- how do you know this like wh- wh- what and i know it sounds like petty shit but like it it really is one of those things where it becomes hard to engage with it when you don't really understand like the rules of how it works but then you're also breaking established rules like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And then, and then it all just like comes to like, like what is wrong with Jack? <laughs> he, it's so like, like he is just playing like, I don't know what's wrong with it. Like you would, like you, you would think that like he, he suffered brain damage at one point, like long gone is like the clever witty pirate that frankly we saw in the last movie you would be like like it's like okay like you know there's a little off stuff here and there but you know johnny step still has it he's like a bumbling drunk buffoon in this film yeah and again you can't even speak like he's always just saying things like horse ah house bank there it goes. Like, he's just always, you know what I mean? Monkey. Like, he's just Again, because like, to, like to talk about his all opening scene, which is very absurd. So there's this whole thing in like St. Martin where they're opening up a new bank 
And then, you know, we're introduced to this this girl uh, who's been accused of witchcraft because she's she likes science, which I mean, yes, actually did happen in history, but also is very simplified in this film. And oh, like, also, also, I'm sorry, but like you now you touched on another thing that I actually don't think works at all in this movie. This plot point is fine. I, I think it's actually legitimate to like have a plot point in the pirates movies where it's like, okay, like you have like witchcraft, like, you know, and then it's like the women in science and everything like, and that's what's good. And frankly, like it, it puts that this character, it, it was an admirable ad. I thought, I, and I, I actually, actually thought she was quite good. I liked that. She was probably one of the stronger parts of this movie, just from yeah. a, per, even if like, again, there's sort of like little things that I wish, could have been deeper about like her character and her eventual relationship with Barbosa, which we'll get into. Um, I, I did felt like she was constantly sort of a breath of fresh air with right. her character throughout the film. But the problem for me is, is just like, I'm sorry. And it, maybe it's not fair, but we're five movies in to this franchise where there's been Krakens and maelstrom fights and, skeleton men and fountains of youth it's a heart you just cannot sell to me as an audience member that we're just going to kind of go back to like well she knows the stars she's a witch like it it, it doesn't it, it doesn't have the same effect because it's like but we know like we know like there's like all this magic and we know that it's a thing and you would think that everybody would be kind of aware of it because it's like hey like you know like this um like this this sea established trading company got defeated by a ghost ship you would think that word got around and i understand it was probably legend and nobody actually believes it but then it's like but you know what i mean it, it doesn't like I, it's it's hard for me to engage with that when i'm when this franchise is so steeped in it being a supernatural franchise and and he thinks that she's a witch but he has an actual witch in which he implies, like, I know that you're a real witch. And I'm like, what? Like the David Wenham character, remember when he goes? Yeah. Yes. And he's like, oh, you think she's a witch? He's like, no, but you are. And I'm like, so what are we doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that I remember in the theater, I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This doesn't work. Like, you can't, like, say, like, here is a woman who clearly looks like a witch, dresses like a witch, she's, she's drinking Nickelodeon slime and like, you know, throwing rats into things and like just making prophecies and proclamations. And he knows that that's a witch and he seems really certain that it's a witch, yet like she like, but then like our lead character does some astrology and he's like, yep, also a witch. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, again, it's one of those things where just a little bit of lip service where we're like, how the actual world knows about these other incidents and legends. Like, if you had, like, a little bit of that, even, like, just among the townspeople, you could kind of, it kind of becomes more believable. But when you are just, as an audience, kind of seeing, like, oh, she's being accused of witchcraft, and then we cut to, like, an actual witch not too far after, it, it, there is a little bit of whiplash of just, like, like I... I how you you need something more of like a surrogate to like here's what the world actually is here is how people react to these stories of like the kraken and everything like even if it's like a little thing at the at the bar or or, or a little thing like you know right before the ceremony where they're talking about like well like you know i heard that this happened with this guy or like or when when jack appears at the bank it's like 
you know, oh, I hear he de- defeated Davy Jones. All oh, like, yeah, that's bullshit. He's a dude. He's a pirate. That's like a that. really good idea because, like, in the, in the same way, like, you could almost like I know it's kind of like it's one of those fictional retcons, but I, I think it could work where it's like that is what like caused a witch hunt, you know? Because like now the world is like a little bit more aware, like. Or, like, certain people are a little bit more aware that there are fountains of youth and, like, you know, kind of the cat is out of the bag when it comes to magic. And then the movie ends with you just getting rid of all the magic. Like, that's that's a good idea. Yeah. That is is fine. But it doesn't doesn't play that way. It just plays as, like, like like they thought, like, oh, like, we're going to be clever because, like, women, they thought they were witches and it's just going to be a plot point in our film. Yeah, and, and, and again, I just think that's, a, that's the issue with a lot of different things in this movie is I think there are actual interesting concepts and ideas and possibilities, but none of them are given the actual, you know, attention that they need to, like, work on a larger scale. And that's, when we get back to Jack, that's the issue with his character in this movie is that the base idea of sort of, like, even though it isn't but like the sort of base idea of like the last jack sparrow story where it's like you know he's kind of at the end of his run and uh, things haven't been going well and he's kind of become more of just like a drunken like you know he he, he's not confident like there's elements that you can do that where it's like a part of it is like him regaining his status as the captain jack sparrow or like you know like he's been frustrated he doesn't have the pearl he doesn't really have a ship like he hasn't found you know there's a lot that you can do with that concept but there's not the attention to detail that lets you actually follow that character arc and lets you kind of live through the character so it doesn't feel like jack when he sort of has this mistake of like sleeping in this you know thing with the bank and and like sleeping with the you know, with the bank owner's wife and whatever. Which, which is admittedly a little funny that she was in there. Like I, that part of the joke I thought was funny. Right. That, like, but but, that but he, there's, yeah. a, there's an element of just like, when you see him just like, you kind of want to know more of like, how did he get to this point? And there's never actually an explanation of like, how did he get this low? And no, because- but the problem is, is like they taught, this is why it doesn't work. Cause they talk to him and about him as if this is the same character that we've been, having it all these other movies but he's just an idiot in this movie so like another like one thing that like a good example of why it doesn't work is because when all of it after the big set piece and they're at the they're at the um what's it called they're on the boat and or the ship and they are talking about like this whole thing it's like you know nothing's going our way like you know the legendary jack sparrow's kind of like lost his edge and, and whatever but they keep on saying like Jack, like, like you're you're just unlucky now. Like, it's just like you used to have a luck streak, and now it's just not working out for you. And I'm sorry, but like, you know, we all have to move on. But that's not. But what I'm looking at it is an idiot who's like getting drunk on the job, can barely speak. He's like he's like not mentally there with it. It's not that he's like unlucky. It's that he's bad at his job. Like right. he's just and like, and he's like he's like demanding like his crew pay him for the failed like thing. And it's just, like, it's really weird. It, it's it, so bizarre. Yeah. And like I said, like against there's a way you can do that story, but the the movie doesn't give any thought to like making that sort of story work. And and even again, it's just weird because you could think that like oh maybe he does think he's cursed and that's why he has to go get the Triton two or but something there, like that. But there but are like, shades of that in the first film. That's what I'm trying to say is like yes. there are shades of it. Like he's like oh like here's a guy who has everything taken away from him and 
like, and he's at the end of his rope. But he wasn't like this. No, but but again, it's like I think you could tell the story, but you need to actually say like what actually drove him to this. Mm-hmm. There has to be an incident. There has to be something that like was the cause of all this. And there's never a cause. It's just that he's this now. So I had this idea. Tell me what you think about this idea. Like this is how it would like an interesting way it could have been played. What if the whole first like 15, 20 minutes of the film are just focusing on Will's kid, our new female lead, and just setting all that up? Yes. And there's talk of Jack Sparrow. Like he wants to find, he, he has to find him. Yada, yada, yada. They go through all that. And then the, um, I submit that the first scene that you could have seen Jack in this film is in the jail cell later. Yes. Yes. And then it's like, there's Jack Sparrow, but, and then not only is the character, but we as the audience, I'm like, but wait, whoa, what happened to him? Like, what happened to our Jack? Like, why is he in a jail cell? Like, why is he like a drunken idiot? Like, what happened to this guy? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not saying that would fix the movie, but I was thinking like, oh, that would be an interesting way to like introduce this concept that like, some real bad shit happened to this guy that kind of fundamentally changed the character that we know and love. But it, but instead the movie just kind of opens up with like your regular run of the mill pirate scheme. And he's a completely different character who you can't get behind because he's a, he's, he's not really entertaining. He's just, he's not good at his job. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody has every reason not to like, not to be in this guy's corner. And and I think the other thing too is that Jack, like, like more so than the last movie where Jack was sort of the main character, Jack falls into this weird middle ground where he's kind of like, you still have to present him as a main character, but his role is really as a side character to the the Turner. Right, story. right, right. Yeah. So, or at least part of the ensemble, like right. uh, like very Han Solo ish in that way. Yeah. So it's just kind of this thing where it's like. He's stuck in the middle where he's not like the main character. So he doesn't have like, you know, main character kind of status as he did in Pirates 4. But he's also like too big to just be the side character where he's along for this journey. So it it just feels like the Jack character is just in in a very just weird bubble that it's hard to like really say what he is in this movie. And and I got to be honest, I am struggling as of now to figure out a thing that he does in the movie. I just watched the movie like because you would think that eventually like, okay, that classic Jack luck is going to kick in or a classic Jack scheme is going to kick in. But like it just ne- it never comes. Not really. No. He doesn't do any like like can you think of anything like he doesn't really do anything to escape the guillotine like he doesn't even really like even our the opening scene. He's just kind of getting dragged along and then he just kind of runs around while things are going on around him. Yeah, that by the way, that opening scene is absurd. It it, it, it is it, absurd. It, it is absurd. No, you know what? Actually, there is something he does, and it's in the flashback. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The most that that character ever feels like Jack is in the flashback. Yeah. That's and admittedly like that-, that and admittedly it was cool. Like the whole like, you know, tying the ropes to the boat and then he, he like slingshots the boat around. And, and also that was being, cool. and, and being the annoying like like obvious, like come follow me, Salazar. Like mm-hmm. you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. like like uh, isn't it a nice like that sort of stuff? Like that was like the most fun that the Jack character was, and it wasn't even Johnny Depp. It was someone's someone else with their face mapped to be like young Johnny Depp. Like that right. was sort of the idea. 
Um, but no, you're you're completely correct, and and that's really sort of another thing about this movie is yes, in sort of all the different concepts of everything that's happening, there's like the elements of what makes the other pirates movies, but it never really feels like pirates, right? Because you have that opening sequence or the the town in the town with the dragged bank, which is very absurd and and over the top and does have a few fun moments but is kind of we're it's funny when when i read that they took the influence from charlie chaplin and, and buster keaton i was like well that wouldn't be out of out of place in like a 20s film but just even for pirates it feels like a little bit much and then after that there's really not any other sort of like pirates type action sequence either like that something that really feels like oh this is like pirates to me i did enjoy the guillotine gag yes i, I thought you know that what? was fun and Again, i thought that was effective yeah i did yeah, enjoy that i think i think that's the closest it comes but even then it just it just especially like the second half of the movie just feels like it's really lacking in that department uh but i did like when we get to the guillotine thing because eventually sort of like she's going to be hanged for being the witch he's going to be at the guillotine for being jack sparrow and trying to rob the bank and everything and I did like the little bit where they're both stalling and just yelling at each other from mm-hmm. across the way and the crowds like kind of going back and forth. And, and, and the little spinning guillotine thing was pretty fun. And, and, and that's where I said where it's like the, the part where like Will, uh, not Will, uh, Henry Turner and, 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 and Karen, Karina, like he's holding her up and she's like doing like the port and starboard joke. Like that stuff was like the vibes that I kind of was looking for of like, you know, sort of having that sort of relationship and, and all the credit that like, they're, they're much, even if they're not the most deepest characters, they're much more fleshed out than missionary mermaid are at all. Oh yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I give them that credit. I, agree with that, I, give yeah. them, I give them that credit at all, but it, it, you know, it, it, that was probably of all the sort of action in the movie, that whole sequence and that escape was like the most effective. Cause it did feel like a more like kind of like pirates Four extended version of the end of pirates one. It, it, it kind of worked in that sense. Um, but again, it just feels like once you get to like the actual stuff on the sea and, and the stuff where they're searching for the Triton, a lot of that sort of like starts to like disappear, uh, especially in like the third act and sort of that all that stuff with with the actual Poseidon, uh, Triton of Poseidon. The other the other thing, too, that really was very uh, kind of disappointing about like especially where I come back to it doesn't really work as a legacy sequel either because. Like, I I just feel like they completely mishandle the fact that this is Will and Elizabeth's kid and Jack's relationship with that. Yes, I, I actually agree 100%. Like, I feel like, because they do the whole bit where, like, when, when Henry introduces himself to Jack, it's like, I'm the son of Will Turner. And, and, and sort of like this whole thing that he does where it's like, oh, like, he kind of like, it's like, grossed out he's asking if elizabeth ever asks about him like with her long giraffe neck and i'm, I'm just like this this doesn't feel like where we left off with these no no that I, I felt like I, I think that there is something funny about like jack kind of being like humorously d- like dismissive or disgusted about it but like in the way that like you would talk about like old colleagues or friends right like because they were friends like here's the thing we left that movie. Jack saved Will's life. Yes, like he he and, was and, and gave open up, to yeah he gave, gave up, up immortality, which is something he's always kind of like kind of toyed with the idea of having. And 
made a power move to save like they were all friends so it, it just it's kind of disappointing that they just relegated to like a a very weird like oh those guys like what yeah. like oh i want it's like oh but how your mom your mom asking about which again jack kind of would say but it's just how he plays it in it's this how movie. he plays it and, yeah. and it's also the fact like i think the other idea is that there's just a lack of their like when you're doing like the legacy sequel like you kind of need that reflection on the previous era like yeah you, know, you kind of need the han solo type character right where he's like going back and like this is what you know and like that sort of idea and i think you know again there's a lot of half-baked ideas in this where the idea that maybe jack is sort of missing that camaraderie and again like maybe he's at the end of his rope and he's kind of more reflective i'm like well those you know my, my crew always leaves me but those guys were like you know, they betrayed me too, but they were kind of my actual buddies. And we went through this big thing together and maybe like more of the, like, you know what, like your, your father means a lot to me. So like, I'll actually kind of help you. Yeah. You like, would think that Jack, the Jack that we know would at least be maybe because he is the guy who like, you know, I don't want to be in harm's way, blah, blah, blah. Like he would, he he's cowardly sometimes, but you would think that he would at least be like empathetic to the idea of oh like there like there's something that like we can find that would help out so he's not like part of the flying dutchman anymore like you would think that that's how this how he would react yeah. to it yeah but they but they don't and, and 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 quite frankly i'm not even sure jack even knows what's going on half of the time in this no, movie like the, yeah, <laughs> i mean it's, it was a problem with the last one and it's a problem with this one like the lack of actual drive for Jack. Like, here's the thing. Jack does not have a drive again. It's not like he's like, oh, you know what? I am going to do this for Will. He's just kind of like along for the adventure. And then like at some point he's told, oh, yeah, by the way, Salazar like is out for you. And it never feels like a big deal. It never feels like Jack's treating it like a big deal. He's like, oh, yeah, that 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 Salazar guy. I, I kind of remember him. Like there's no like, you know, when it was like barbosa or like davy jones or blackbeard there's a gravitas to like mm -hmm. oh man i'm in trouble with all the salazar stuff jack's like oh man like yeah he'll he'll try to kill me like that's that's fine and and i really feel like that's an issue with the whole movie too is that like even like yeah henry turner has the drive to like i've got to save my father but it never really again it's never really given that gravitas it's like i've been doing this for my whole life and i have like I've gone through so much to get to that point. And then Karina's like, well, I'm doing this because I, my father left me this legacy and I got to figure it out. But her thing's never given any gravitas. The only person that feels like their mission has any gravitas to it is Barbosa's because it's Jeffrey Rush and he adds that flavor of just right, like, right, right. Like and it, his, it, his performance gives you the like, well, I got to like, I got to get my ass out of Dodge because like my empire is crumbling and, and my ships are being destroyed. And, 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 and they admirably try to make it his thing where his whole mission is like, like there's no treasure I would give my life for except the daughter, my secret daughter, which is like, no, you don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> well, again, I don't, I don't need a secret daughter. I, I don't. This is actually Jeffrey get, Rush plays it well. I will say that. He, like he, he is it, good. He gives it all of his acting prowess in the world. This is another thing about the movie, though, which is what I mentioned that like it's I was surprised that when we got to like the part where they get to the treasure of Poseidon, because it felt like in any other pirates film, 
that feels like there would be like another step or two to get there as opposed mm. to being like, oh yeah, like right at this part, this, like I, I, this is where I felt like a lot of the stuff of just like, you could have extent, like, uh, you know, you don't need to make the movie super long, but like you could have added a little bit of depth to these, right? Where it's like, you, you could have had like, you know, Henry Turner is like an expert in all these different elements of myth and the sea. And maybe they got to go get one, you know, one piece to make it work. But there's like another myth that he has to like figure out like a puzzle. And like he and the girl work together, like solve this myth puzzle or whatever, or like the same thing. You kind of have a little bit more of the adventure where like Barbosa and Karina are like actually sort of understanding each other. Cause the, the, the problem with any of these plots is that they're introduced and then thrown at you and then nothing's murdered of it. Like when, when Barbosa figures out that Karina is his daughter and that is what happens, it's literally like right before they get to this trying to like literally like right before then there's not any time for those characters to actually know each other and kind of form an actual relationship. So by the time that like she figures it out right at the, right at the end, it, it doesn't really play as much. And the same thing. Oh, with, with oh, Henry, I, go ahead. Go ahead. And the same thing with Henry Turner, like, there's this whole bit of just like, you know, he's like, you know, since like nine, he's like nine years old in that first scene or whatever. And he's like trying his whole life. He's an adult now. And like, he's been trying his whole life to find a way to search his father, but there's not really any like other obstacles to that. It's not like they have to get like, Oh, we need the three parts of the Triton. And then we need to go here. Like, there's nothing that like, you know, that's actual, there's no actual journey for him. He's just like, I need to save my father. Oh, I guess we're going right here for the Triton. That No, that's a good point because the thing about the first three films is like it was very clear and propulsive like how everything was fitting together and flowed from one bit to the other, even when it got convoluted and, you know, yeah, and it did. But at least and say what you will about MacGuffins, but at least, you know, knew that there was a Jack was being hunted by Davy Jones and it's a race against the clock to find the heart of Davy Jones and that's basically what was going on. Otherwise, Davy Jones is going to get Jack, and then right. add some interpersonal character stuff in between it, and you, you kind of, you understand and you get it. Whereas, like, like these last two films are just kind of like meandering until they get to the place they need to be. Again, at least the last movie, like for all like the falsehood it causes with the mermaid, at least it has the mermaid's tear sort of plot. So there's just one extra step of just like there's more of an adventure feel. And that's really what this movie lacks is like an actual going, we're going on the adventure, right? Cause it's like the same thing, all those previous films, like the first film, Hey, like, you know, they got to get the blood of somebody, but they got to put all the coins back and they got to do the ritual and it's got to be saved. And like everybody has their motivations. And then the, in the second one, it's like, well, Jack has to like save his soul. So he's like, has stuff to stall the 99 souls. But like at the end of the day, they're all going for the heart. And in the last, and in, in the third one, it's like, okay, we got to save the world. We got to get the pi- brethren court together. We got to save Jack. Like there's all this stuff that actually brings you on the adventure. And I will say, even in Stranger Tides, it's like, yeah, we got to find the fountain of youth, but we got to find the chalices. We got to find the mermaid's tear. We got to make the mermaid cry. We got to do this ritual. Hey, like, okay, one person's life is exchanged for another. Like there's, there's elements of actual steps and adventure and right. obstacles and this movie doesn't have any of those no no like, i mean unless, you, you would be i mean you would be forgiven to like really have no idea like what they're trying to find other than like vague like the stars and like you know yeah. like and there's a blood moon and like and there's also like a few other because all this area is kind of reminding me of some key moments that really distinguish this from 
really the best that this franchise used to be like like so there are a couple things like they admirably try to do this thing with the two young leads that she is a woman of science and she's like i don't believe in like you know this nonsense and ghost stories and then he's and then um henry is really into that like they're kind of like opposites where he's like he's into curses and she's into science and there's some material to mine there like that's an you can tell like these are all the things like in the outline sounded really good Mm -hmm. but then it's just kind of like the problem is as soon as she sees a ghost it's over like there's no kind of like and you don't even get the sense that she's like changed what like yeah it's hard and again that's why this is a good example what i mean why it's hard to do this plot point because she's behind the eight ball and the entire audience knows she's behind the eight ball so it's just a matter of time before she's going to find out oh the supernatural does exist and there's no mystery to it and there she really nothing about her or her mission changes no like once she does learn that yeah. It just gives them stuff well, to talk about. Like as I said, like if there was like another step, you could do this idea where it's like, you know, they have to solve this like mythical puzzle to find the one piece of the Triton they need or something. And she kind of solves it on a science basis. And she kind of and he kind of is like has the myth quality and they kind of work together on it, you know, and right. they can kind of build it up. But again, and it's like the whole thing is, again, like, you know, she's just kind of like, this is my father's legacy, this diary. Like I had I just have to do it to do it and like solve the mystery. And. Right. There's so, really not that much. And again, like, again, even if you had a little bit more with her and Barbosa and like a little bit more of like this, like kind of relationship that they build, there's a little bit more meat to that. But at the end of the day, like as as much as she brings to it. And again, as much as I think her character is the most breath of fresh air out of most of the stuff, her and Barbosa are the two best parts of this movie. The, the problem becomes is that there's not there's just not much meat on the bone on any no, of these characters. No, no. Well, and then that and then that's another thing. So like so they're talking about that, and every now and then Henry and Jack talk, and it's like why is the conversation about do you like this girl? Like because there would be either two ways. The old pirates movies would either be like, all right, now Jack is taking on a father figure type role, right? Yeah. It, it could be that, or why aren't they talking about like? I knew your father and like they, they like you would think that's what they would be talking well, no, about because it, it's like you can have the whole thing where it's like Jack is like you like her and like I remember when your dad like I noticed your dad like you know your mom or whatever and like kind of going back on that whole thing where I used it I used it to my advantage and you know and then he you maybe he and in a to- movie where he's like you've lost your edge you used to be a great man and then here's like a here's like a character who's kind of like, like a tangential tether to all those great adventures, you think that they would want to mine that a little bit, but he's, but Jack is too busy saying things like, like, oh, monkey? (laughs) And then, but here's like another big scene where I'm like, this would be like an awesome scene. And they kind of did it in the last movie, but the scene where Jack is tied up and him and Barbosa are talking about the fact that Barbosa has a daughter. And it's just like in the older Pirates movies, that would be a scene where they, these two characters would have like a like a pithy heart to heart about something. Yeah. And then it's just like, but for some reason, Johnny is deciding to like play this new weird Jack Sparrow. Jeffrey is kind of remembering the type of movies that they used to be making. Like, so it's like he's he's portraying it that way. And then like he was like he was like, is like, you know, Jeffrey's like, 
Barbosa's like, oh, it's like, and he's like, oh, it's like, I'll cut out your tongue. It's like, this means the world to me. And even like, it's like, even a, even a crude, like rat like me could like, you know, stuff like that. And then Johnny's just like, oh, I, I was just, I was just joshing around. <laughs> but you see what I mean? Like that would be like, like that would be like a, like there would be more meat to that scene yeah, yeah, that's in, the in, in one of the older movies. And again, I think the other like, remember, part- sorry, sorry, but remember when they're on the beach and him and Barbosa are having that talk and, and this is in at world's end yes. and they're having that talk about like, he's like, the world's getting smaller around us, Jack. And he's like, it's, he's like, it's not smaller. There's just less in it. So like, just like a scene like that, like was so like, you know, again, there's some meat, there was some nuance to it. And now it's just, it's, it's just, just we've lost the plot. <laughs> it really does feel like, like uh, as, again, as much as I'm surprised to say it, that's just a lack of Elliot and Rocio knowing these characters so well. Like I was thinking, I was thinking so many times. I'm like, oh fuck, like those those guys were Oscar winning writers compared to this. <laughs> yeah, and and like again, like I never thought that I would be like the big like defenders of them. I've I've always been critical of those two. Maybe overly so. Maybe I'm like a reevaluating aspects of their their writing. And I still do think. There are the general mistakes that they make sometimes, especially like on the mythology side and plot side. But you can't deny, especially after watching the last movie and this movie kind of back to back, that they know those characters. They know the characters that they do. And I know for lack, for whatever other faults the movie would have, if those two were on the movie, you would have definitely mined a lot more out of the Henry Turner stuff, like 100%. They would have dug into that and Jack's character and his relationship to that. I think that's what's just kind of missing in, in, in a lot of it. And I think the other thing too, is like when Elliot and Rocio would throw out a weird plot point, it would usually be like a one, like a little thing, like one thing that's like, Oh, like giant woman. That's kind of weird. Oh, you know, like the sort of that element of things. This movie again, just throws so much at you. Like we really didn't like, we talked about the witch that, that drinks green slime. But like she just appears out of nowhere and then has no real never meaning. comes back, never, never com- comes back, never comes back. And then we have all the ghost pirate stuff. And then we have like more stuff with the stars and and like all the stuff on the bottom of the ocean and like uh, getting the boat back. To, it's just like too much. There's like too much just thrown at at the movie and like because of that none of it gets any sort of chance to actually stick yeah they, they have they have they have ghost sharks oh ghost shark yes they which have like- you're just kind of like all right the ghost sharks are cool but why didn't they just run after the you know what i mean like why did they send the ghost sharks like why other than you wanted ghost sharks yes. in the movie but you know nick it's fine because despite all of this despite all the stuff thrown to the wall and not given any time to breathe we still have room for a wedding okay wait hold <laughs> we on we have hold room on. for a wedding hold on hold on hold on no so 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 obviously like the last time we were here talking about pirates you were saying like, and every time we've talked about this movie, you've been like, there's like this one scene in the movie that like is like even a bigger time waster than 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 the Russian roulette scene in like, right, the, like in the last film, and, yeah, and it's like yeah. this one that like really takes the cake. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm gonna know what scene that is. And as soon as that weird wedding scene started, I'm like, this is a hundred percent the scene that both you and my girlfriend were talking about. Like, there, there's no doubt in my mind. That this scene, like, I immediately was like, what are, this was more so than anything else in this movie. This was a scene of, like, what are we doing here? Like, what, 
what is happening? Why? There's no purpose other than to like have Barbosa like come in dramatically, which you could have done in a number of different ways. It, it, it's this, this so. I was so gobsmacked. I was so when I bad. saw that. When it, this was the most. This was one of the most excruciating. I know it, it's probably like maybe only like a two maybe three minute scene but it feels like a 10 minute like when i saw this in theaters i it, it was the longest two or three minutes of my life in a, in a movie i was like so stunned that we were doing this and it's like this weird like like basically the premise is is like they end up on this random island where of course there's somebody that jack slided and the whole thing he's like okay well you're gonna repay me by marrying my daughter, right? Like that sister, uh, sister, sister. And, and of course, like it's, it's, it's a rough looking gal is, is like the thing. And then like, so rough that Jack is like, it's like, it's like, I can't marry it, her. Like, like, it's like, you want me to marry that? Like, no, like it's just the whole joke is like that. Jack thinks this lady is a dog and like, and, and and then she won't. And he's like like, making excuses where he's like, I have an STD. And she's like, so do I. And he's like, it's so 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 well, and it, like, so weird and again it's, it's like the inexplicable nature of everything that there's like this guy that knew him and then there's also a priest and there's like a bunch of people on the island like there for the wedding ceremony and then like jack is kind of like accidentally tricked into saying i do it it, it, it th- none of it makes any sense on any conceivable level like none of it it's not funny it's not funny. No, that that's the thing. Also, it's not funny. It it's it, it, you're 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 already like barely not, hanging on to the plot to begin with. It's not even like a payoff to like <laughs> it's, it, if right. it's like you know if it was something more akin to like when he says like and that's when they made me their chief and then we kind of see oh he's the island where they made him their chief and, and dead man's chest like if this was something that was like mentioned or er- even earlier in the movie like some sort of like fleeting time it's like that one time where i left those guys on that island with his sister and now you're gonna marry my like something to actually tie it to anything but there's no there's no purpose for this This may okay so this may be extreme what i'm about to say but and that's why I, i could not wait for you to see this scene i think that like this scene did irreparable damage to pirates going forward for me because i'm like no, like it was like, you know what? I don't know if I can see another Jack Sparrow movie after this because I just I'm just going to be so worried they're going to do something like this again. Mm-hmm. Like it's like clearly like and they commit. That's the problem. Like it commits to the bit so hard. But that's the and, thing, too. And again, it, there's like no there's no it's not funny. It, the purpose is to just like, OK, Barbosa shows up dramatically and starts shooting things like that's it. That's all the scene is. And there's a number of way better ways to do that. Also, like two seconds. Also, like like a, like two minutes after that, they do reveal that like Barbosa still has Blackbeard's sword. Yes, and that's how they like you know get the black pearl out of the well, bottle, that, dude. That was- why not start using that? Last time I checked, like it's a magical sword that can control ships. What are you doing, dude? Well, like that's because the whole thing about Barbosa's character, right, is that he took all the ships from. Again, something I at least give them slight credit for is the fact that, like, they didn't just ignore Pirates 4. That, like, they, like, so the idea was that Barbosa has, like, all the ships that, that Blackbeard had. And now he's, like, he's living like a king on the sea. Like, his 
He has like, and when we first meet him, he like has like his own orchestra in his chambers and there's gold and his ship is plated with all these like fancy jewels. And this whole idea is like, hey, like these ghost pirates, the, these ghost people are like destroying all our ships. And then he kind of gets involved where he's trying to stop the ship. And, you know, Salazar's like, you're going to find me Jack Sparrow and like all this sort of stuff. And the thing is, yeah, like, and, I, and I liked all that. I thought all that was good. I, I, and, I thought and, like that was you. You finally see what Barbo because Barbosa is also all always been one for opulence. So it's yes. like it's funny that now when he has it all, this is what he would be like. So I, I enjoyed that. That was consistent. I liked it. And it, like he kind of has control of the sea in the sense now someone else is controlling it. And like I did like remember my last thing was the movie like what does the sword have to do with the ships and like does it have anything to do? And at least they kind of explained it. Like, yeah, like the the sword is the reason that the ships are small. So I guess that is a thing. And they use it to finally get the black pearl out of the bottle and Jack the monkeys back to, as well. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's a nice reference, but like you probably, I would have liked to actually seen that used maybe in the final, in the final little like sea. Sure, it it sure. would have been, been nice to actually see that being used. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the wedding was awful. The wedding it was it's just it's so bad. Yeah. It's so and, bad. And, and I and it it was it, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, and then so we're kind of getting like, you know, that cuz it's like they can't outrun the the Salazar ship. And, and I here's the thing, like a Salazar as a character. Yeah, we haven't really talked about him uh, as much. I I really do think, honestly, like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the flashback to like the, the backstory between him and Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Only because what I really, I liked it. Again, I liked the Sparrow stuff in that sequence. I thought they actually did a decent job of being like, this is what like a young Jack, like establishing his legend would be like. Like this is him becoming, you know, captain and, and, and everything that leads into it. I thought that was fun. But what I really liked about it is I kind of liked Barden's performance as like the regular Salazar, like the mm. one before he gets there. Cause I kind of like how it really showcased like what being a ghost, like does did his psyche. And he's essentially like a madman now. Like, cause mm. he had a whole thing where it was like the, you know, his father and his father's father were all like killed by pirates. So he became the ultimate pirate killer for the mm-hmm. Spanish yeah. Navy. Good idea. Yeah. A- and like he, he was on this big thing where it's like, he was going to eliminate the pirates or like the main big pirates. Like, he had them over here and then Jack tricks them into the devil's triangle where they become ghosts. And I, I thought all that was super fun. And I thought it added a little bit to the character of, of Salazar. And I like the effects. I like kind of, cause one of the things about how they did the effects is that there was this sort of idea where they wanted the, them to kind of be in a constant, like drowning state. So the hair is always kind of flowing up, like they're in water and there's sort of this like slow movement to them to like, and deliberate, and he does a cool thing where, like, every time he taps his sword, someone in his crew kills somebody else. Like, it, there's kind of really nice stuff. Yeah, I really like. I really liked that. Like, that I thought was a lot of fun. There, it does kind of get to a point where a lot of people are just getting casually killed. Yes. Like, I remember when they are all hanging upside down, and he's just just stabbing each one. Yeah. Like, I, I like that. There, there is a lot of Salazar. I did like. I actually, I thought the effect was really good. Yeah. I thought like that, like how they did and achieve the ghost effect was like i mean the the franchise from the 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 skeletons to the gold standard of the of the uh davy jones and his crew like this was up there like i just visually speaking like it was a really good special effect i thought um like 
clearly he's like augmented with CG, but it doesn't, it, it, it's so seamless enough. Yes. Um, you know, they have this thing where it's like, you know, they're kind of, they always look like they're constantly in water, but they're also like have ash coming off of them. Like I liked, I liked all that. I thought that was really cool. Uh, yeah. So I think there's a lot of actual good stuff with Salazar, but again, I just feel like the the lack of actual time to spend with all these characters just sort of, and at the end of the day hurts, hurts at the end of the day, especially yeah. like when we get to the end, because that's really like, I felt like the ending of this movie, like the last act just felt so rushed in so many different ways. Cause it, it felt like we were barely getting momentum, like an actual story, an actual movie. And then all of a sudden we were at the Trident of Poseidon. I was like, this just this, this felt like there was a step missing in terms oh, of like, well, actually- well, the movie just kind of goes on autopilot at a certain p- moment, yeah. because then it's like, I mean, speaking of things that just come out of nowhere and then are dropped unceremoniously. So apparently the ghost can possess people yes. all of a sudden. And, and, and that was like, and it, and it was framed in a way it's like, listen, Captain, if you do this, there's no coming back from it. And then literally five minutes of screen time later, it's all rectified. <laughs> you know, and this is where, this is where you can feel a difference in just the direction and mm-hmm. like how the movie's shot. Cause like when you compare it to like the big revelations of like the skeletons and pirates one, right. Or like the mer, even the mermaid sequence in the last movie, it's a big deal when this like new mythological element is like revealed. And there, there's like a, there's a big moment. Like if Gore was directing a possession scene, you know, there would be the big moment where it's like, this is the possession happening. And then this, this is the character changing. And then really like, it's not, there's not much to the possession. Like it's kind of like, kind of a slightly like, off screen ish like not really showcase possession then when 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 because he possesses henry turn uh henry Mm -hmm. turner and then when they do fight it's not as if like henry is like really acting like salazar or anything like that they're just kind of like it just kind of turns into a sword fight there's not really that like specificness and then yeah as soon as like the Triton is grabbed. Like it's like, well, oh, no, like- you know what it is. The, what it is is like, they probably wrote themselves in a corner because like these guys can't leave water. Yeah. They're like, they can't, they can't touch any land. So we need a way for him to be able to do that. You yes. know? Yeah. Other, and just- other it, like it, you know, it wasn't enough. They couldn't just be like, like, even though it's the same rule, but it's like, Oh, like the, like Davy Jones, like he couldn't go on dry land. Yes. Like, but he could go in, into the ocean. <laughs> he could touch the ocean floor, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. It just it's just weird, right? Because the land's not technically. Yeah, there's there's just and then it's just not entertaining. Like he, and then it, then he gets like the he gets the trident, and then he's like and then like I mean, god damn it! Like you could get drunk playing a drinking game every time this guy says Jack Sparrow. Like he just like oh, yeah. and then there's also the implication that he he named him Jack Sparrow. Too. Yes, yes, he soloed him. He did a solo on it where he's like, he was like, like, he was up, he was up in the crow's nest like a like a little bird. <laughs> and it was a, I would give him a name that would haunt me forever or whatever. And like, how Jack did- the Sparrow. I'm like, oh my god! Now his name's not even Jack Sparrow. They gave him that name. Well, and, and then- how did Jack know that? Like, yeah. did Jack come that independently? Like, like how did he know? Like, did he yell like, I'll I'll get you for this someday, Jack Sparrow? <laughs> And Jack's like, hmm. So yeah, I it wasn't like okay. they were fighting, and he's like, he's like, oh, you, it's like, oh, it's like you hide up in the crow's nest, like a little sparrow or something like that. Like it's not like that. He just kind of says it to himself. And I know, like, going back to that flashback real quick, 
I, one of the things I did also really like, you know, like it's one of those things where they kind of do the thing where it's like, oh, like all the stuff that, you know, Jack Sparrow, the wear. This is how he got everything that but, he but wears. Here's the thing. Like I did like, though, sort of like almost explaining like why that hat is so important to him because it's his first captain's hat. Like everything else was a little much. I think if you just did the hat thing, I think it would have had the same sort of effect. But I just kind of liked it's like it kind of is like, yeah, that would be a reason why he just always needs the hat like why he wants the hat because it's like his it's his first captain's hat. you know i i think it's dumb on one hand like i don't need i don't need to see how he got every single article no. of clothing i, I think that, that's a little much I, I will say the way that flashback in that scene is played again it's like seeing a completely different character like it, it was nice to see that like this was a guy who used all of his wits to get his crew out of Dodge and not get killed. And they kind of play it in a way where he wasn't expecting gifts. Yes. But of course he's Jack. So he's like, Oh, all right. I, yeah, I guess no, I can I, get used I, to again, this. Yeah. I did. I did like the, the effects were like, yes, it's like supposed to look like kind of like early nineties, Johnny Depp, like, like, like or late eighties, like jump street Depp. Right, right. Even with the with the effects, I did like how it still captures sort of that Johnny Depp sparrow, like, oh, well, I mean, if you're gonna give them to me, right, like, yeah. right, yeah. And then, and then, and that's why it's like you could have even played because he's always talking about people paying him and paying like you know tribute and everything, which still is weird because that's just not who he was in the past couple movies. But mm. I could see it as like a way of like kind of like trying to relive glory days as much. And then yeah. you can kind of explain like that was like the last great moment of his life. And then maybe he's like, maybe he's misremembering it. Like, and he's got to get his priorities in order, but that would be a movie in which they want to do stuff with the Jack character, which this movie doesn't seem occupied with doing whatsoever. Even, even in this third act where. What does he do in the nothing. third act? He doesn't he, do anything. He basically he's, like, like he gets in a tug of war with the Triton and sort of like nudges them to like divide the Triton. And that's what breaks all the curses. Like that's right. that most. And then even then, like he doesn't make the big sacrifice at the end. It's Barbosa. Who's like, you're my greatest treasure daughter. I'm going to stop Salazar from, from, from killing us all. Yeah. And, and again, like again, all the credit in the world to Jeffrey Rush for milking that moment for all he can. Mm -hmm. And it, it just showcases how professional and how great of a performer he is. But that's a, that's a thing where it's like, again, if you had a little bit more, it's like the discovery that like, Oh, this girl's my daughter. It's like literally right before they find the Triton. Like it's not that long. There's not that much time. They, those characters have one scene together before that happens. I just feel like, you know, again, everything in this movie, just like if you, got rid of a lot of the the nonsense fluff like the witch in the wedding scene and, and and actually had more of an adventure with these characters a lot of these would have been even if it's not the best ideas in the world just would have been a little bit more deeper and satisfying because even like this last scene where like they break all the curses and all the ghosts become human again and like the water's filling up and and this whole thing where they like the anchors and like it's this kind of cool idea where like because basically to get to the Triton, like the sea kind of parts like Moses. Mm -hmm. And so and then they find like the, the 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 recreation of the stars, which, again, is just stuff that's kind of thrown, but also just kind of exists for the sake of existing. That sort of thing, where it's again, it was a problem I had with the last movie. It's like there's none of it. It's actually explained or like how this comes to be. It's just there. But there is kind of the cool concept where like the Black Pearl is like right on the edge of like the thing and they throw it on the anchor to like lift them up as it's filling up. Like that stuff's really neat. 
but there's just not again not much actually going on here with any of these characters it's just kind of like it's just kind of, everything's just kind of happening with like just hey it's like it's pirates they do things like you yeah. know like drop an anchor on like a on a thing it's like it's cool and it just doesn't feel like anything's organic to the actual film no and, no and even with even with like you know we've talked about how it's nice that the crew gets there like gets to come back and gets to feel there but even like the crew themselves like the most they get to do is like they get to make horology jokes and at one point like gives gives the captaincy of the dying gull to scrum and then he gets beaten up like that's like a most that the crew actually gets to I, do. I, 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 a, I often not- did I, I did like that only because it was a good edit I like when I like it when you can make a joke with an edit and that yes. that made me it was it was just a really it was a really dumb, and you know what? It was dumb. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like, and they do this too many times in the movie. But the horology joke did. It was just so stupid. It made me laugh. Like because like the way because what was the lie? Because there was one thing where he's like, he's like, no, it's no, it's like no, I'm a horologist. He's like, so is my mom, but you don't see her bragging about it. <laughs> and then he's like, and then what did they say? Where it's like something in oh she was academically inclined <laughs> and he's like more like horizontally reclined <laughs> it's like no horologist it's like i i study time well well my mom was always checking her watch yeah i remember that and then yeah, they're all like yeah. what are you talking about like there's some stuff about it but like what i mean is like like one of the but you get one like, of those you you can do like maybe one of those and then because right. they were oh, and it did- was funny it was funny when he was walking past barbosa and he's like i think you should know but i think you should know hector she's a horologist <laughs> like, that was funny that, that was kind of more classic sparrow that was right right yeah 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 <laughs> but I, but i think what i mean by that like yes you have that and the, whatever the other one where they're always asking her why she doesn't have a donkey that was kind of weird um but yeah, no, they weren't all bangers, definitely. No. But I think the thing is, is like one that's one of the other things about these movies that even in four, we got a little bits with like scrumming the crew and like then their kind of banter with with everybody. Yeah. And the fact that even they like even Gibbs doesn't get like you, you could have had Gibbs have some sort of explanation of the trite. Give me a good Gibbs speech about mythology, like the Triton of Poseidon. Like they say that it was left here in in the in the early two hundreds or you know, like just none of the characters even get that much. And there's just, again, none of this movie has that meat on the bone to really make any of the moments feel effective. And that's on the directing and the writing. Like, cause right. it, even like the directing is just like, none of the actual big moments feel big in the way that like Rob Marshall and um, Gore Verbinski were able to effectively use it. You know, it did feel like a really classic Jack moment was how they tricked her into giving the information. Yeah. With a, uh, by like, pretending to like kick him off board mm-hmm. that reminded me of like old school like that's why you like jack like right that's like, definitely he, like yeah even like pirates one jack would do yeah. that for sure yeah definitely like because he's not that's the thing like he's a he's a slime ball but he's not a cutthroat like he, he's not just gonna kill an innocent man mm-hmm. if he can avoid it so i like that that also did <laughs> she pointed up to the sky it's like the map is there the one guy's like on the tip of your finger <laughs> that was funny i yeah. just uh, I thought oh, that was good. Before we move on to the end, the other thing I liked about Salazar, I did like his ship being like this weird, like it could like actually swallow you. I thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah. that was a really cool concept, and I felt that they could have used it more. Like I like the moment where 
what's his face like the 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 like british captain or whatever oh david wenham yeah 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 when he when he kind of gets snuck up on it and he kind of yeah. like turns around and, and that was really cool it, like kind of opening like like it's because it kind of reminds me of like like something out of alien you know mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of like a face hugger type of design and that's what i kind of really like about the concept is like this idea that like you look up and this ghost ship is opening up and it's literally about to swallow you whole like that was awesome yeah, I know. I like that. But yeah, Barossa sacrifices himself. That's yeah. again mm-hmm. in that moment. It's like it's it feels big just in the sense of like again Jeffrey Rush milks it and yeah. makes it feel emotional. But again, because you didn't have this actual relationship with him and the daughter forming, it doesn't mean much. And even the direction, it's just like it just kind of happens, right? There's no big build up to like you don't even really. It's like it's so. I don't want to say poorly directed, but it's just you never really actually get the sense of what he has to do to like make the sacrifice. Like why? Because it really is kind of like Salazar is just kind of hanging on the end and they can't get it up for whatever reason. Like it just doesn't feel like he actually needed to do anything because especially because Salazar is not even a ghost anymore. He's just like a regular person. No, now. No, no, no. Yeah, it, it's... It, 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 it's a, it just doesn't feel like the moment is actually earned. It almost feels like Again, like I don't know. Again, I, and I also think like you don't necessarily need to kill characters. Like again, it, it, you know, whatever. But like that's almost a moment where like the way that the movie was going, it feels like more of a moment for like Jack to make the sacrifice than anything else, right? Like, sure, sure. Just in the movie, that's just like he has no direction, and it's like again, they kind of have could have spin it like it's the last Jack Sparrow story. He makes like he becomes the ultimate pirate by being the hero. Like whatever, you don't need to do that. You can have Jack survive. You can have Barbosa survive. Like, I don't really care. But just the way that the movie is going, it doesn't really feel like that. It, it just feels like the Barbosa daughter introduction was just way too late in the movie. And like if they were there a little bit more earlier and then again able to build it, that makes more sense for like the buildup. But the way that the movie was going, it felt like it was more like Jack should have made the actual sacrifice. Yeah. But the will and Elizabeth reuniting. Yeah, it does, I, it does yeah we just got to yeah, we just got to get to the end. Like I'm like I'm, it, it, no, it, it I'm does running make out of steam well, on this one. I, I always remember cuz it's just like it's funny because you know, Kira Knightley was has been very adamant that she didn't want to return, but they're like we need this moment. So like the they basically the deal was like we're going to shoot one day in London with Kira Knightley cuz she was doing something else there and she's going to have no lines. Yeah. And with all that like with all those caveats, they still make that moment feel big. And I, I think they no, can't... they do. They do. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like, like for reminded. All... Sorry, go ahead. It's just like that's the thing where it's like it kind of is like you remember what it's like to care about these characters because even though we haven't seen those characters actually, you know, since what two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, like you still like them enough that at, when they do get to reunite, it's just that care enough for those characters makes you smile and makes you like oh that's all that's that's nice it's nice that they get to do that even though like you know will just appeared in the cold open for this movie and again elizabeth hasn't appeared since the post credits you know at world's end like you still get the sense of like you like these characters and it's a big moment you know what it reminded me a lot of it reminded me a lot of book of boba fett where it's like you know show is what the show is and then like then the Mandalorian episodes happen. And like, mm-hmm. those are awesome. But it's like, you like those because it's like continuing like the Mandalorian. It has nothing to do with the story at hand. 
Yeah. That's kind of how this felt, where it's like, I liked it as kind of like an epilogue to all the other movies that I liked. Yes. And it's not good. I mean, it's not good that, you know, that's the cheat that they make, but yeah. I would be lying if, like, when the music started blaring and she comes over the hills and then, like, and then they get reunited, like, I, yeah, I was like, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm and glad. Then, I'm, I'm glad know, for them. And again, but then, then they still kind of waste it because then... It does. It's it's nice that Jack wouldn't be there for that moment. That he would look off from the distance. Yes. But it's still. It's just played wrong, though. It's just. <laughs> it, it like it's still like he's like oh revolting. Like it's like uh like it's like I don't know. I, I just I think they could have played all that a little right. bit more he consistently. Have, he could have played it more where he is actually kind of happy for it. But then like the crew looks at him and he's like you know then he kind of plays it up like oh like that yeah like, yeah romance. yeah something like that. I also I mean. For all, again, not that those characters are deep, but I did kind of like the chemistry between Turner and Karina. And I felt like their little moment at the end where they get the kiss and the sort of interruption is like the slap and like, oh, you're no longer a ghost. Like that, that stuff was No, kinda, I was hated that. I hated that because it's like, dude, that was like a two minute scene in this entire movie. Like- okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You, you uh, don't let me get, go back. You, yes. It was not in the movie to play it off as a joke later. Like, and it wasn't like you were tricked. You knew what was going on. Like, no. <laughs> I, just, I just more like the, I, a little bit more of just like the chemistry and the, the, actual, the yeah, actual chemistry okay. more so yeah, than yeah. the moment itself. Like I, you're, you're correct. It is kind of a weird, again, but it also just because like the, the possession didn't feel like a big deal because it really wasn't. Uh, and then Jack is the captain of the Pearl again. He adopts the monkey and he sails off uh, beyond the horizon. Yeah. And I like that. I like that he got the monkey. Jack the monkey. Yes. Did you watch the post credit scene? This is the one thing about the movie that I knew. Okay. I did not know in theaters and then I found out about it later. And guess what? It doesn't make any sense! <laughs> it doesn't make sense! It's one of those... Listen... Like, again, I know we make people like want to talk about post credit scenes. I'm just like, listen, just like a lot of things that people complain about Marvel, they don't understand that there's an actual art to a post credit scene. Like when Marvel does a post credit scene or when a movie does a post credit scene right, there is a sense of like, oh, like maybe they don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Like maybe they don't have like every single exact detail, but they know what direction they're going in that it's like, okay, they can plant the seeds to make this work. This 100% felt like a post credit scene. It's like, well, we're just going to throw it in there and then we'll figure out how it makes sense later. Like, that's how exactly how I felt about this scene actually watching it. It's like the, the idea of just like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just put Davy Jones here. We'll tease him. And then when we make the next one, we'll figure out how to, how to make it work. Whereas like, you know, when you're kind of teasing like the collector in, you know, in Thor, the dark world or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's like, like, like you know, that- kind of like you're sitting there and then you either have fun with it or mm-hmm. if it's like plot driven, then you're kind of like, it, it leaves you in a state of like, where are we going to go? Like next time on, like, right. you know, like it, it kind of has that level to it, which again, you could argue this one was doing, but again, I go back to, it actually does not make sense. It does not even given okay here's the deal so the post credit scene is will and elizabeth they're in bed with each other they're sleeping and then somebody sneaks up on them in the room and you hear like the peg leg come in and you see the silhouette and it's the silhouette of davy jones and then will wakes up and you see the giant crab claw wriggling around 
And then he like wakes up. Oh, it was a dream. But then it pan- camera pans down and there's some barnacles on the ground. And like you can hear like the, the, the Davy Jones, like notes of the Davy Jones theme. So this doesn't make sense for any reason. And, and here's why. One is that Davy Jones is dead. He's, he's not cursed. He is dead. That was the whole thing. That's how that movie ended, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, there's that. But let's ignore that. If the whole perp plot is that all the curses are broken, even if he was alive, he wouldn't be a fish man anymore. <laughs> he would be a regular dude because he was cursed. He was actually cursed. That's why he looked that way. So the so breaking it, and maybe they're saying like maybe they're trying to pull this like yo no, but breaking the you know breaking the uh the the thing has created a multiverse of madness like you know, like yeah, like you know what i mean like it's like like it's like we're no way homing it now yeah <laughs> like, well, yeah it just again it just feels that it was just like they threw it there for the sake of throwing it there and then they were going to like actually answer their own questions later it's not as if like oh we're like filming a new one next year and like it's going to be david jones it's to the point where like you know what like bill nye said he had no idea that was happening even though he he like had said like I, I'd always be interested in, in finding a way to come back. Like when people asked about him, like yeah, I had no idea until the movie came out that like they they were teasing it. Like right, and that's the whole idea where it's like you're not actually planning anything. You're just like it's it, it's it's the worst of the post credit scenes where like the whole purpose is just to make the audience go like what you know instead right of, right right instead yeah of actually being entertaining like a joke or being like a sort of like oh like we actually know like we're actually shooting more movies we're actually we actually have a script in mind and like this is actually where we're going you know yeah no i i, I gotcha anyway uh the movie's not good it doesn't work uh and it's, it's, a, it's a strange it's a strange it's a super strange movie it's just like the way what it is and how it exists it's like it just doesn't feel like it should be like a, a movie because it's like nothing actually happens there's no depth. There's no meat. There's nothing. There's nothing and, to it. It's and it's a movie that at this point, like, it just calls for a complete overall overhaul on the next one. Like, you just really got to figure out how you're going to do the next one because I, I don't even think it can be remotely like this anymore. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and that, and that really extends to even the release because you know it comes out, um, you know, Memorial Day weekend. 2017 has its premiere at at Shanghai Disneyland Resort, and it, it's not as if the movie like bombed, right? Like it, it, it overall box office was uh, 794 million, which you know wasn't you know the lowest grossing Pirates film by far, um, but at the same time, like it 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 was much better than you know uh their like previous year releases of like tomorrowland and uh through the looking glass the previous year even going back to like 2010 it was one of their better memorial day weekend releases like overall since like the original pirates films were coming out and so there was like kind of like yeah we're happy but there was also a look at like man this didn't really hit like our real expectations. Like we're, we're happy that like it, it made a profit. We're happy that it made like almost 800 million worldwide. But like, you know, when the previous films are making billions of dollars and you have big Marvel movies and star Wars, like breaking box office records, like Disney felt like this kind of now cornerstone franchise was in a state of disarray and, and extended to the reviews. You know, we talked about last time pirates Four, like still was like really decently well reviewed, 
This one was like, like 30% Rotten Tomatoes, like fans, critics, everybody was just very down on the movie and just felt like it was just not entertaining. It didn't make sense. Jack had overstayed his welcome. And, and, and the Johnny Depp fatigue was very real. And people were just at this point, very done with Depp as a star. And, and, you know, obviously it had to do with a lot of stuff on the screen and also stuff outside the screen. Um, and, and so, you know, we really haven't heard anything about pirates really specifically since this movie came out. There's been a lot of rumors, you know, there was like the Charlie's Theron movie rumors. There was the Margot Robbie movie rumors. There's now Disney plus series rumors. Um, in 2020, Bruckheimer said that they had a script for a six film. Uh, and there's been no really update from that. The only thing we know that Bruckheimer said is that he quote, he didn't know how involved the Jack Sparrow character would be. And from all accounts, just in terms of like, again, no official words, but all accounts on the uh, sort of like the, the rumors and sort of the, 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 you know, the talk around it is that whatever comes next for pirates is most likely going to be Jack Sparrow less, um, which is sort of like, uh, you know, probably for the best for this franchise. But I, I think we gotta- I, I vote for just full on like they're not going to do it. But like I would just vote for full on like new like I would just reboot it. Honestly, I think you could easily do that. I think you could easily just do like just the same world. None of the characters come back. You do like, you know, you can do your female pirate movie, which I think actually has a lot of merit. Um, and I, I think there's still ways to do the pirate world and still have fun with it. Cause you know, I don't know if you've seen any of that, um, that, uh, pirate show on HBO max. And it's uh, yeah, not- we, we've talked about this. Yeah. And it's like, that's a very different type of show, but there's that still sort of fun they're having with the pirate world. And it's a very good show. I've watched the first two episodes of it. It's very well done. Um, but it's, uh, there's a lot you could do with it still. And I think, I think a Disney plus series with a brand new lead, you know, if you, especially someone like a Charlie Theron or Margot Robbie, and you kind of have fun with the kind of like female pirate thing, which you've kind of played with in with, with Elizabeth Swan, but like you could do a full on crew thing, have a new sort of MacGuffin kind of have a series where they're going through the Caribbean again. I think, I think you could definitely continue on the series because here's the, here's the deal. Like, I mean, like, it's just, this is where we are at with like these projects. Like it is going to tie into these movies. Like it's going to, like, it's going to make the legacy play one way or another. Yeah. But like, I would say for, you know, yeah, I mean, for I would just basically essentially approach it as a reboot. Right. And I, and I think the other thing, too, is like when you look at what Disney's been trying to do, obviously, again, Disney is a very different company, even from 2017 to now, like, like that company, just the way that it functions, it continually changes just with with the changing of the, the, the stuff. But it's been interesting also to note that, you know, when Pirates 1 came out, there was sort of this energy of like, okay, we're going to do more Disney park ride movies where, and then that haunted mansion movie with Eddie Murphy came out bombed and we never heard anything about it. And now anything else after that. And now like they put a lot of that, like pirates energy into that jungle cruise movie with the rock. They're finally doing like another haunted mansion project. And, And it feels like they still want to do like stuff like pirates, but I feel like they're, 
just trying to find the right angle to do it without depth. And I feel like that's still what they're looking for at yeah. this point. So it'll be interesting to see sort of when that actually comes. Like, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked at all if we hear about a new Pirates project at the upcoming D23 in September. I, I think that that would be a very likely scenario. And I, you know, I do want to be clear. I actually would be excited for that. Like, I kind of would want them to do, like, a new one. Yeah, But I, I just want it to distance itself from anything. I just don't want it to try to be any of these movies. Yes. Just be, just, yeah. That, that's kind of because it's just, it's, it's not, it's just not working the way that they're doing it. And it's too, I understand the urge to tie it into the Jack Sparrow character. But maybe it's time just to make, I'm not even saying Jack, like, I even, I think you and I had talked about, like, listen, if you want to make, like, Jack Sparrow, like, the Luke Skywalker, a la the sequel trilogy, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. kind of, like, a legend out oh, there. But even, and then, like, yeah, you do a Disney Plus series, like, he makes, like, a little appearance in, like, the last two episodes, and then that leads into, like, the final Jack Sparrow adventure or something like that. Like, yeah, something like that. You could definitely do something like that, but I think for the, for the, if they want to continue Pirates, I think that they do have to find, like, a new just a whole new set of characters and crew. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I, and I would be excited for that. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. And yeah. And if you're going to have a connection, like that's when you bring back like a Pentel and Rigetti of just like random members on the crew. And that's your one connection to the previous adventure. Like, I don't think you need to bring back like, you know, Will and Elizabeth and Jack and all them again. I think like, I think you can really say that their story is mostly done. Like what I'm trying to think of, like what is the thing you can do? Because you know, I still would want it to be like the supernatural stuff. Is there like a legend or something that these movies haven't done yet? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure that there there's something. If I literally looked into it, like I just I'm not I'm not up on my pirate lore off the top of my head. Um, but I think I think there's definitely stuff you could you could pull out uh, out of your ass to really make it work. Yeah, yeah, but. I'm excited. I actually do want to hear more about that new Pirates project. I really do. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll see because, like I said, like there's been a number of them rumored. So which one they actually go with is going to also be very interesting. Yep. Uh, so that wraps it up for the actual Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. We have done all five films in the series. Um, so next time, we'll, we won't be necessarily jumping to any new franchises just yet. Uh, we're going to take a slight detour back. Um, a little bit back to 2013, to a movie that we have mentioned uh, this time and last time. Uh, what happens when the core Pirates team, when Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp and Elliot and Rocio try their hand at bring that Pirates magic to another genre? Uh, we're going to take a closer look at the Lone Ranger next time uh, to kind of finish off kind of a, a little addendum, a little epilogue to our pirate adventure. And a very complicated, interesting movie that I am actually looking forward to rewatching and talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested, especially kind of with this Elliot and Rocio sort of like me re getting into like what my thoughts are on them between this and also going all the way back to reading their script for the Godzilla movie. You know, um, I, I'm very interested to see like, again, what sort of positives I can take. Cause I haven't seen that movie since it essentially released in theaters. Like I haven't, um, you know, I, I think I've seen it. Yeah. Once. And, but it, I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah. I, I, I'm looking for 
uh, but next time you hear us, we are going to be at the end of our Star Trek franchise. We are going to catch up to the modern era of Star Trek films. Yes. We're going to go to the last uh, Star Trek my, movie. My, my prize, my, my, my one consolation for having to talk about this movie is talking uh, about Star Trek Beyond. And we'll, we'll also kind of discuss where the Star Trek franchise is right now and what the future of the franchise might hold uh, when we talk about Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll be uh, done with more franchises, and we'll see we'll see what happens next on on Bonzilla. Yeah, I think there's uh, some exciting ideas to be had, but yeah. uh, Will and I will discuss that further uh, a little bit later. Uh, but for now, that's it. Let's plug away BonzillaPod at gmail.com, twitter.com slash Bonzilla double seven. You can like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Again, leave a rating or review. Always appreciate it. Um, this is these are again these are the type of episodes I love to kind of talk about these types of movies. So I hope you guys had fun uh, listening in. Yep. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Take Peace. care. Bye bye. No, no, I'm a horologist. So was my mum, but she didn't crow about it as loud as you. You're saying your mother was academically inclined? 